Good morning. All right, you guys are awake and ready to roll. Have you ever received an offer that you just thought was too good to pass up? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you, you see it and you're like, man, I would just be a fool to pass up on this deal. And so you immediately act on it. Um, just let me see a show of hands. How many of you have ever done that offer and you acted on it right away? I'm going to guess that most of you that raised your hands, there were four words that were involved. As seen on TV. <laughs> Am I right? All right. Let's see what we got here. I've uh, got a little shopping here because um, this is stuff that you absolutely can't live without. And that's, I mean, that's, you, you see, I can't even get it out of the bag. For instance, everybody needs to make slider burgers right here, right? I mean, you got to order one of these. This will change your life. This will change the way you cook. This will change the way you live right here. I mean, that makes it all worth living right there. Um, or, you know, some of us, we're like, you know, this is the next big health wave, and this is called the Protein Power Plan in this very cool binder right here. This will change your life, right? And so you acted on that, and uh, let's see, what, what else do we have done here? This is good stuff. Um, how about a uh, Ultra Blend Handheld Blender? Yeah, that, that looks like a pretty good deal there. Doesn't look like it's gotten a lot of use, but it looks like it's a good deal. It's really in there, by the way. Isn't that cool? Um, the green bags, green bags, anybody using the green bags? Aren't they great? We've used some at our house. Um, they work sometimes, all right. Um, then uh, this, is, this is like my favorite because I've actually used this one before in my life. Give me a second. I need a bigger bag. Do you know what this is? Uh-oh, somebody's got one. It's an onion blossom maker, right? Yeah, just like Outback makes right there. I've actually tried it. Um, we must have missed a step in the direction somehow because it didn't quite work, but I'm sure it wasn't product fault at all on that. As seen on TV, these are offers that you can't refuse, you know, and they, you, get the, you get those guys on there that are, um, you know, trying to sell it to you and they're yelling at you and like, you know, you've got to have this, uh, order now, we'll throw in. You know, they start listing all these things. They want you to act on this offer, this opportunity, because they don't want you to sit there and let it pass. Well, today, I'm going to talk to you about something from the Bible, an opportunity that God lays out before us, and I'm going to tell you for sure you don't want to pass up this opportunity. Now, before I go on, i got to warn you, and I warned the folks last night, too, because I'm kind of a fun-loving guy, and I love to talk about things that are light and easy to swallow, and woohoo, and everybody like me. This isn't one of those messages. Um, it's a pretty steep grade, in fact. Um, and so I'd ask you, just listen, consider what God wants to say to you, even if I mess up the words and maybe don't say them quite right or somehow miss the, miss the direct point. I want you to just open your hearts up to what God wants to tell you today. And I believe God's going to do some amazing things in your life today because he is giving us an opportunity to do something amazing. Now, what is an opportunity? I mean, if you tried to define an opportunity... How would you do it? I'd love to get you guys to talk to me. So just holler out. What would you, how would you define the word opportunity? Go ahead. A chance. Somebody over in this section. You guys look like smart people over here. Looks can be deceiving, though. Looks definitely can sometimes just kind of fool you. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you guys a chance. An opportunity. All right, good. Somebody over here? Money? All right, good. Somebody else? An opportunity? How would you define it? Amway. Amway, all right. As seen on TV, all this thing, right? A privilege? 
All right, good. Somebody, out, somebody in the balcony. You guys are like trying to get way far away from us. That's why you sit up there, I know. An opportunity, what? I'm sorry? Growth. Oh, thank you. Growth. All right. See, you're so far away, I can't even hear you. It's just, uh, yeah, opportunity is an amazing thing. I, I tried to, to come up with something that was as general as possible just because it covered, I think opportunity has so many definitions, you know, it has so many ways of looking at it. An opportunity, I think you could describe it as something that just gives you a chance to do something better or to experience something more. Um, and I, I think it kind of covers a lot of the areas. Well, today we're going to look at a verse in the Bible that God talks about opportunity. And I honestly think it's going to change the way we view our lives and the way that we live them. Would you look over in Ephesians chapter 5? Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, I always recommend that you use a Bible um, when you come to church. If you don't have one today, you can use one in that pew in front of you. And I say this every time I speak. Because... At the very least, you can read through your Bible while I'm talking, and you can leave here and have gotten something good, okay? So if I take us down the wrong path, you can at least get something that you can live in your life. So turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read to you verse 16. The verse simply says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And I want to read to you a translation that you don't have there in front of you in that pew Bible from the Amplified Bible. All the Amplified Bible is, is it's a translation that also tries to explain some of the meaning of the original words. Listen to this. It says, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Today, God offers us an opportunity to do something Amazing, but it's not going to be easy. The opportunity is this. I'm just going to kind of give it away right from the front, all right? The opportunity is this. We have the opportunity to live our lives in such a way that we experience the maximum fulfillment in this life and we experience the maximum gain in heaven. Now, let me see if I can try to explain that without going off on a big rabbit trail. You understand that the Bible teaches us that when you get to heaven, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you're on your way there. But once we get into heaven, our standards of living are going to be different from each other. Did you know that? I mean, I grew up kind of the concept that everybody's going to experience heaven the same and enjoy the, the same standard and quality of life. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible actually teaches that what we do in this life sets us up for how we will experience life forever. That's why you can see that God talks to us so much about how to live this life, because this is kind of like the time when you get to do the investing. Eternity is when you get to do the return, the harvest. So God's telling us some amazing things. By the way, the cool thing about that, and and, uh, somebody was sharing this with me last night after the service. They said, you know, the cool thing, and I just don't understand it, is that God loved us enough that even though we were sinners, he made a way for us to experience forgiveness, then he gives us this opportunity to live for him in such a way that we can experience heaven in the most incredible way. That's amazing. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. He says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. He's telling us to lay up treasure in heaven. You know, some people are, 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 Mark says this sometimes, more spiritual than God. People go, oh, I don't need a reward for what I'm doing. I'll just do it and... It's the right thing to do. God says, no, that's not how it works. He says, you do the right things now. You're laying up treasure in heaven. 
I don't understand how it all works. I haven't seen the graph or the spreadsheet that God's got it all figured out. I just know that, that Jesus, when he was here on this earth, told us, store up treasure for yourselves in heaven, where moth and rust can't get in there and tear stuff up. So let's look at this passage, and let's talk about this. We have an opportunity to live our lives in such a way that we can experience maximum reward in the life to come. I'm not a financial guru by any means. I'm not even sure I know that much about finances at all. But I've talked to some people, and they've kind of explained to me that it goes like this. If you were investing, let's say the stock market, you decided you're going to get involved in the stock market. If everything had bottomed out in the stock market, I mean, everything was the lowest possible thing it could be, that would be a pretty good time to invest. I mean, if you knew it was the lowest it could possibly go, right? Why is that? It's only got one direction to go. It can only go up. And so you would maximize your gain because the market had bottomed out. Let's go back to our verse and let's talk about this. It says, make the most of every opportunity because these days... Are evil. I think this is fascinating. What God is telling us is that these days have bottomed out. The, the days that we're living are evil days. I don't think I'd have to stand up here and start listing all the stuff that, that is evil in our culture or, or you know, stuff that doesn't line up with God. We're aware of it. We experience it every day. But God is saying, you have an opportunity right now to maximize your gain. It's just like if you were going to buy into the stock market when it was at zero, all right? Maximize your gain. Let's look at how we can do this. First of all, this opportunity is only for those who are willing to go against the mainstream. That's true of any opportunity, right? I mean, if you have an opportunity, if everybody did it, it probably wouldn't be an opportunity anymore. That would just, you know, kind of, if everybody bought into the stock market at the same time, you know, I guess it would be a problem. I don't know. Opportunities are for those who go against the mainstream. We've already said that the mainstream, these days, are evil days. That's straight out of Ephesians chapter 5. So I want to take us up to some verses earlier in chapter 5, and let's look at what the mainstream, let's look at what, just the current, how the current would take us. Let's read in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to go all the way back up to verse 3. There's a description here of the mainstream of the culture. It says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who, obey, who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. And now here's the mainstream. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. I'm going to stop there. The Bible describes ways that the mainstream operates, and it lists three major categories in this, in this chapter. There's a lot of other things. Immorality, impurity, 
and greed. Those are the three from, our, from this passage here. Immorality, impurity, and greed. I could probably use the word, instead of greed, I could probably use materialism. Uh, because that greed has to do with just needing more stuff, getting more stuff. Uh, I mean, has anybody in here ever seen the VeggieTales uh, videos? Yeah, anybody that's a, like a parent of young kids. Oh, yeah, you've seen the video a hundred times. Um, there's this really awesome one. Uh, Bob and Larry had this really cool conversation going on. For you that don't know, Bob's a tomato, Larry's a cucumber. Makes perfect sense if you have young children. Um, and, um, and Larry is, is excited because he's getting this new action figure. And once he gets the action figure, he's going to get the Jeep that the action figure drives. And then once he gets the Jeep, he's going to get the, the, uh, the trailer that goes behind the Jeep. And then he's going to get the, ski, uh, the jet skis that go on the trailer. And he's, you know, he's got this whole plan. And Bob looks at Larry and says, Larry, how much stuff do you need to be happy? And Larry says, I don't know. How much stuff is there? It's kind of like, you know, that's a good way that we look at things a lot of times, you know, that materialism, needing the next thing. These are the, these are the mainstream. This is the current. The other, uh, the other day, about three weeks ago, we got to go visit some friends in Georgia, and we went to the Georgia Aquarium, and it's just amazing. Uh, I can't remember all the numbers, but I think it's one of the largest aquariums in the world right now. You walk in, and um, they've got these huge walls it's hard to describe it, but the huge walls, um, the, the, the aquarium's real thin right there, just kind of running along the deal. And they had all these, I don't know what kind of fish they were. They're big and silver. They're in Finding Nemo. I saw them in there. They're, but they all swim in groups, man, and they're just like, whoa, they're screaming through there, just a big tower of fish. And then every now and then, you'd see one fish going back up against the grain, and he's working his way through. You know, that's how we are. That's the Bible says, you know, if we're willing to go against the grain, we'll experience something different from the mainstream. We'll experience something different from these evil days. Um, Bible says that we are awake and alert to what's going on. It said we were in darkness. Now, when I say we, I'm referring to those of us in this room who have placed our confidence and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when you do that, you have stepped from darkness into light because Christ is the light. Uh, and light shines in our life, the Bible says. It wakes us up, and it helps us to see things the way they really are. Our house, uh, our bedroom in our house, the windows face the east. I figured this out last night. It faced the east because in the morning, like, I don't know, it's like six-something, suddenly our room is getting really, really bright, and I can sleep through anything, man. I can sleep really late and sleep really hard. And I've been having a hard time sleeping in the morning because we've got this huge ball of gas shining its light right in my window, waking me up. It's the same thing. The Bible says that you were in darkness, but Christ shined his light, and now you are awake. You are alert, and you understand what's going on. Before you met Christ, it wasn't really possible for you to understand that there was even a different way to live or a different way to think. But the Bible says now we are awake and we have light. Now, Opportunities. Opportunities aren't just for those who go against the mainstream. Opportunities exist for those who put the thought and the research and investigation into something. If you were convinced, you know, somebody you really trusted, let's say in the financial realm, just because that that makes some sense to us, told you, hey, I've got an investment. This isn't a scam. This isn't a crazy thing. It's just I I know know how the whole thing is going to go, and you were really convinced this person was accurate. You know what you would do, hopefully, if you're a smart person, if you're a wise person? You would investigate that situation. 
you would want to know everything about it before you just threw in your whole retirement fund in there, you know? Um, you would want to look all the way around it. In fact, the, there's, a, there's a verse here in Ephesians chapter 5 that in the version that I, I learned growing up, it says, see that you walk circumspectly. That just means that you walk all the way around something and you look at it from every angle. You consider it. This is how this looks. Kind of like if you rent a car, you know, and they go out there with you and look around the car, make sure you haven't uh, dinged it up too bad. That's what we do when we want to investigate something. We look around it. Well, that's what God's telling us here today. He says there's an opportunity for you to maximize your life now and maximize the way that you can live in eternity, but it's going to require you to investigate. It's going to require you to, here's a painful word, think. It's going to require us to think. Now, why is thinking such a painful word? Can I tell you, can I just be real honest, friend to friend here? Most of our lives, we just do. Most of our lives are a reaction to things. Most of our lives, we just kind of go with the flow. Okay, I, you know, it's time to go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. Uh, time to go, you know, the NBA playoffs are on. It's time to watch. It's happening tonight. I'm excited about it. Um, we just do things. Very rarely do we analyze or think about why we do what we do. Very rarely do we step back and consider What's my motivation? Why am I even doing this? You know, I, I talk to some people, and they're extremely busy, crazy busy. I mean, like, they, they're not even sure what their name is some of the time. You know what? They tell me, they say, I can't help. I, I have to do this. I have to do these things. I have to go here, and I have to go. You don't have to. It's a choice, but we often don't step back and think, does this really match with what I say is important in my life? Okay, let's talk about this for just a minute. Look over in verse chap- or, uh, chapter 5, verse 10. This is really interesting. I, I find this verse, uh, it's, it's kind of odd, actually, in a, in a sense. The verse says this, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So this is the first part of our investigation into this opportunity. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Now, you might go, this is, like a, this is a church question. That's easy. What does God want from us? Well, um, to go to church. Good, you get an A. You're here, right? Beyond that, I can't really figure out what it would be. I mean, what is God? What pleases God? I mean, if you can think of it, though, in this way, what do I do in my life that makes God smile? I'm assuming he can smile. We're made in his image. We can smile. I'm, ex- I'm assuming he can. What do we do? What can we do that makes God smile? It says, carefully determine Figure out, investigate what pleases the Lord. Now, this is where it gets hard. This is where we just, we just see the sign that says steep grade, 10% grade ahead, and it's going to get tough for a minute. All right, everybody take a deep breath, and we're going to be good. We're going to be all right. As we're determining what pleases the Lord, we can use God's word to give us guidelines to show us what pleases him to show us how we are to take advantage of this opportunity to live the life he's designed us for, instead of living a life that results in zero profit. Look over at Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to go up to verse 7. Galatians 6, 6, verse 7. These will be on the screen as well. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. 
Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. You get it? If you, if you sow to your sinful nature, the Bible says you only reap, uh, one translation says corruption or stuff that falls apart. In other words, no profit. There's no lasting value to it. But those who sow to the Spirit reap of the Spirit life everlasting. Remember I already hinted at that a minute ago? That we have the opportunity to establish our standard of living in an eternity that will go on and on and on and on and on, that will blow away anything you could ever consider here. This is our opportunity. God's not trying to guilt us into something or create shame in our life to make us think, oh man, this just really stinks. I don't get to have any fun. He's telling us, I made it this way. If you'll follow my, my guidelines here, if you will take advantage of this opportunity, your life is going to be unbelievable in heaven, in eternity. Plus, your life now will work pretty well too because it, it fits in with how I designed you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back up to verse 3 in this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to ask you some tough questions, and I want you to ask some tough questions of yourself. My question is this. Of these things that we're reading in, in, in chapter 5, verses 3 and following, do any of them reflect activity in your life. As a follower of Jesus Christ, this passage tells us there is no reason for us to be involved in these things. Remember the three main categories were immorality, impurity, and greed. It also throws in some interesting things in there. I kind of glossed over them, but the use of the tongue, um, gossip, slander, filthy jokes, just coarse speech it talks about. These are things that God has said These have no part in a person who is awake, who has had the light of God shine in their life. So my question for you is this. I'm not throwing rocks or condemning anybody in this room. I simply want us to ask the question of ourselves. Are any of these things indicative of what is in my life? If so, the Bible says we're to have no part in them. And the reason God wants this from us is not because he's trying to be this mean God. He's not up there with a big mallet like at the gopher game at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, the little gophers are popping up and God's like, you know what I'm talking about? We think of God that way, that he's just up there trying to knock us down and beat us up. No, he's got the best in mind for us. He knows how he designed this life and he wants you to experience all there is. Now, that was easy. That was the easy part. You thought we had done the steep grade. Oh, we haven't hit the grade yet. That was just like the, woo, the little curve there at the bottom. Okay, here comes the, t- the toughest part of this climb. Are you ready? You didn't know you were coming to church for a workout, did you? My question is this. Am I allowing things in my life that endorse those things that were listed? Am I allowing things in my life that kind of treat that stuff Lightly. Immorality, impurity, greed, poor use of of language, the power of the tongue, all those things. Am I allowing a conversation in my life with those things from which God has freed me? Particularly, this is what I want you to consider. Do you engage in entertainment, amusement, Things that you know you would never personally do, but you'll watch it and allow it into your life. Or you'll experience it on the internet or or read about it or 
these things. We would allow a conversation in our life about these things that God has said he has delivered us from. I'll read these verses to you just so you can see I'm not just making stuff up here. I'm not just trying to be difficult. Um, go over to verse 11. Verse 11, Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, get ready for this, expose them. You know what we do as Christians a lot of times, and especially those of us who have been saved for a long time, we want to argue with God and we want to justify things. It's usually the most spiritually mature people who argue with God over passages of Scripture. You know that, right? It's the people who've been in church for a long time and we kind of go, but, you know, but I, I would never do that, but it's just, you know, it's just a minor thing. Here's the deal. You've been delivered from that kind of a life. Why on earth would we want to entertain a conversation with that, allow that into our life? The Bible says instead we are to expose that kind of sin. Now, does that mean we go around with a bright light and shine it in people's eyes and go, sinner? No. You know what God wants us to do with that bright light? Shine it on ourselves. Expose our own motives. The Bible says Christ is light, and when there is light, we can see clearly in our lives. So here's where I'm going to go to with this. We said opportunities require investigation. They require thinking. We've been given an opportunity to live our life in such a way that has maximum impact now, incredible impact in the life to come. But it's going to require you to think. It's going to require you to analyze why do I do what I do? If we're talking about entertainment or the things that enter our eyes, why do I, let's just, let's call it what it is. Why do I watch this show that I know stuff is going on that the Bible clearly has said is no good? Why do I do it? I don't have the answer for you. I'm asking you to ask that tough question of yourself. Expose the, the motivation. That's what God's telling us here. Take those deeds into the light and say, why do I do this? Maybe it's because you say, man, because if I didn't do that, there wouldn't be anything I ever do with my time. Hmm. You could have time to like maybe do some other things, right? You could maybe have meaningful conversation with your family. I don't know. Just throwing stuff out there. I don't know what the answer is. Take time to analyze and to ask the tough questions of yourself, but it requires thinking. Bible says in verse 15, listen to this, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. That's the verse that leads right into making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't live like fools, but those who are wise. Do you think God is trying to rain on our parade? Is he trying to create difficulty in our life? Is he trying to make us feel guilty? No, he's not. What he is saying is if you will live this way, you will experience life the way that I have meant for you to live. You will do things through, by helping other people, you'll do things by just being able to live a life of righteousness in these dark and evil days. Remember we said that the market's bottomed out? You'll be able to live in such a way that it maximizes your return in the life to come. Now, I've already said religious people are the ones who argue with this the most. Because there's a little passage in Scripture that we like to throw around and we kind of... Uh, you wear it like a badge. It kind of goes like this. 
well, I have liberty in Jesus Christ. I can do what I want to do because, you know, I'm free to do whatever. We sing, we can sing the song here, I am free to run. You know, other people put their own little words in, I am free to sin, you know, liberty. Look over at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. This was interesting. Last night, there was a young man that came up to me, and he said, hey, t- take a look at my ankle down here. He showed me his ankle. He had a tattoo, 1 Peter 2, 16. Mark's always talking about if you're going to get something tattooed on yourself, get a script, you know. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> First Peter 2.16 here it is for you are free yet you are God's slaves so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil it's right there in black and white we have liberty in Jesus Christ but that liberty is to do what's right that liberty is not to excuse living in darkness now, I'm not up here to try to, to guilt anybody into changing the way that you live or to get frustrated or to think that we're talking about legalism. We're certainly not. What I'm talking to you about today is an opportunity that God gives you to live in such a way that you can actually enjoy the life that he's given you. It's all based upon the fact that we step back and we think about what we're doing. There's a verse, verse 17. I want you to look at it really quickly. Verse 17. Check this out. Don't act thoughtlessly. It's right there. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I'm not up here to tell you how you should live your life and give you a detailed list of the rights and the do's and the don'ts and check boxes and all of these guidelines. All I want to encourage you to do today from this passage of Scripture is to think about what you do, is to take a moment and Ask the question, the why question. Why am I doing this? Be like a little two-year-old. How many of you have two-year-olds in here? What do two-year-olds ask? Why? Why? And you say, well, it's because the sun shines on the earth. and it. Why? Because I don't know why. Why? They just keep asking why, don't they? It's kind of what I'm encouraging you to do today is ask the why question. Ask the why question until you come up with an answer. You've shined the light of of Jesus' truth in your life. Now, just like any opportunity, this one's only available for a limited time. You you must act now. Why? We only got this life to live. And I don't know about you, but I found out that life moves on pretty quick. Can anybody else attest to that fact? Life moves on pretty quick. Man, I mean, it just seems like, oh, it's hard to even describe how quick it moves. And I've been told that as you get older, it moves even quicker. And that scares me to death. I'm like, wow, it's already, I can't remember what, you know, my wife tells me about stuff that, you know, you remember when we went to so-and-so's house? And and I'll go, who's (laughs) so-and-so? Was I there? You know, it's, it's just crazy. Life moves fast. There's a verse in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, that I think is, is just a great way for us to close this today. And actually, I wish I could take credit for this, but Richard, who's in our vocal team, mentioned it to me last night. And uh, just awesome, awesome verse. Look at, look at, let's look at it together. Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, So teach us to number our days 
Why? That we may present to you a heart of wisdom. That's out of the New American Standard uh, Bible. Teach me to number our, or teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. How does this tie into what we're talking about today? The Bible says we are not to live as fools, but we are to live as wise, making the most of every opportunity. We've been given this incredible opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven and live a life now of purpose so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Thanks so much for listening to me today. Why don't you guys close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. I want to talk to you. In this room, if you don't yet know Jesus as your Savior, maybe you, you came here today and you said, man, this seems kind of heavy and you know, it seems like a bunch of rules and all that. It's not. But here's the deal. Until you know Jesus, there's really no other, op- there's no other opportunity available to you. The opportunity is simply to know that Jesus died to pay for your sins. The Bible tells us every person who has ever lived, apart from Jesus himself, is a sinner. Can't get to God on his own. So Jesus came to this earth to pay that penalty. And all God wants from us is to recognize that Jesus paid the penalty. We don't have to pay our own. The Bible says at that moment, you have stepped from darkness into light. That Christ comes into your life. He begins to shine that light of his truth in your life. And you can begin to live the way that God has designed you to live. And at that moment, you have access to God. Guaranteed entrance to heaven. We'd love to give you that opportunity today. It's not complicated. It's not weird. It's simply an act of your will. It's just talking to God. You can just tell God something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner, and that I can't get to you on my own. I can't clean up myself and get to you. But I believe that you died for me to pay for my sin. And I believe that because of that, I can go to heaven. I can have a relationship with you now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. I want to talk to the rest of you for just a second. It would be easy to hear a message like this and and have a couple different reactions. One might be of just kind of frustration. One might be kind of defensiveness. May I ask you to consider this, though? Would you just open your heart to God's truth and just ask him to confirm some of these truths in your life? God has given us this opportunity. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, Thank you for the truth of your word and how it is good for convicting us. It's good for teaching us how to live. It's good for teaching us how to avoid the things that destroy our life and come to no profit. God, we open our hearts up to you because you're the author of all truth. We ask you to teach us how to live. We want to take advantage of this incredible opportunity to live for you in these evil days. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm so glad you guys have... uh, no, not throwing hard things at me, but you listened. If you prayed that prayer with me just a minute ago, and you invited Jesus into your life, uh, we'd love to give you the, uh, some material that will just help you and encourage you. There's uh, some DVDs and stuff in here. Uh, if you prayed with me just a moment ago or during the service sometime, you just felt like you had made that decision to, to place your faith in Jesus, you can just fill out the Talk to Us card and check that box and take it by New Spring Store or Guest Services, which are right out there. And they'll give you one of these, or if you'd like to, you can just drop it, uh, drop the card in the offering bags in just a moment, and we'll mail that to you. All right, thanks so much for being here this morning.